Hello everyone, welcome to another podcast with Wahid Omarata. Today we have an amazing uh, artist, an amazing actor, author and speaker and creator, Tula Zoras, uh, which is a, a great name I've, I've uh, learned so far. And um, this is uh, Make It Happen, the, the podcast that uh, you already know about and uh, you are excited to hear every now and then. Um, Let me tell you about Tula. Tula is um, an amazing person who comes from Australia and uh, has spent adult life in the media and entertainment industry. Between acting jobs, she also gained experience in the corporate arena. Tula is also a published author. Her extraordinary life experience led her to spend as much time in personal and spiritual growth, giving Tula a well-rounded education. Tula Tsoras has since integrated entertainment and empowerment, her two passions, so that you too reach your full potential and be all of who you really are. It is a pleasure, Tula. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, what a pleasure. I mean, here what I am. What a great, what a great um, uh, write-up, what, what you said. Like, <laughs> Thank you for that. I have my, my, my editors creating these amazing, amazing texts along with my yeah. makeup, makeup artists, like I, like I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Great it's, intro, thanks. It's a, it's a one-man show, don't worry. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I have to, to know all these, these uh, different things that nowadays um, I, I require, no? But uh, yeah. yes, so you are in Australia, I'm in Italy, and here we are, live, uh, yeah, speaking to each other. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. So, um, uh, I heard of this amazing name called Areti. Is, am I pronouncing it correctly? You are. It's actually, in Greek it's Areti, but Areti uh, is an ancient Greek mythology goddess. Mm -hmm. And she represents excellence, virtue, highest potential, all of these amazing things. Uh, which I have now, it's my baptized name actually. Oh, really? And I am now using with the Areti Goddess events to mm -hmm. entertain and empower women. So that's the reason I chose that name. So could you ex uh, explain a little bit what are these events that you uh, do nowadays with, with women? Is it only for women or is it for women and men? Okay, that's a good question. And funnily enough, since I started, all these men have been asking why they can't come along. So we want, uh, we want so. it. <laughs> we want to explore the feminine as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's great to see so many, so many men with a feminine side too. Uh, the reason that I have focused on women, well, first let me tell you what they are. So the Areti Goddess events are an online and offline program. So online with weekly mentoring and offline with live events. And what they are based on is boosting self-worth, which is our number one inescapable issue. None of us escape negative feedback, unfortunately. Um, so boosting self-worth, by entertaining and empowering women in all the areas that self-worth impacts. So the online component is a mentoring program and the offline component are live events covering things like self-worth and image, relationship, health, uh, accessing purpose and inspiration, 
business tools to make it happen, public speaking, presentation, marketing, branding. So they're basically practical and spiritual at the same time because, and this is the reason I focused on women. I love men, okay? <laughs> the reason I focused on women is because I had this inspiration and when I researched women in Australia, I was actually horrified at the statistics. Unfortunately, half of our middle-aged women in Australia are aging in poverty and these figures are rising. Wow. One in four women in Australia are abused by an intimate partner. One woman dies every week at the hands of an intimate partner. And more than half of us are obese with health issues. Mm -hmm. So that is the reason that I focused on women. And I know that women around the world have so many issues. I was quite surprised to find that here in Australia. So the vision that I've had is to start in Australia and go global so that a million women around the world are empowering each other with the Areti goddess elements and qualities, you know, so that we can become our own boss and not be subject to being paid less and aging in poverty. That's the problem that, you know, I've, um, I'm trying to solve and not by myself. What I've done is I've actually handpicked all the best uh, breakthrough, fastest acting tools over a lifetime of personal and spiritual growth. And then with every event, because obviously I'm not an expert in everything, with mm -hmm. every event I invite experts in, in different areas as well. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it's all about. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, it's, it's obviously such an amazing and vital job nowadays to empower women and to basically bring self-awareness to issues that you know people think australia is, is an amazing country so big so powerful and so um you know ahead of time in many senses and uh, still things happen and uh, yeah, especially with women there, there is this thing in the world about women just being used and abused and uh, not not really taken for for what they are right and to bring yeah. those values up and to focus on those values i think it's 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 an amazing thing and so you you, you talk about creating life as a work of art well this is what i advocate um that we can create life as a work of art just like we create a beautiful meal and it's only a matter of perception and transforming those negative beliefs and patterns with daily practice because what happens is you know, and many people will probably know this, is that in the first few years of our life, that's when we absorb everything and we absorb it as the truth. And as we absorb it, it goes into our limbic region in our brain, the amygdala, as it's mm -hmm. called, and it's programmed. Okay, so then what happens is, as we encounter the law of opposites of duality, you know, positive, negative, when we're, we come from a basis of negative belief, what we choose then is to see things in a negative way and to experience them in a negative way. So I advocate that we can actually experience everything we experience as a gift and see it from a positive perspective. And unfortunately, because we're conditioned into drama, 
uh, and can you know and fear with the media everything you know in the world uh, it's very hard my experience has been when you actually give someone a solution because we're programmed in a certain way we don't recognize it because it's not something we know mm -hmm. so that is what the Areti goddess events are here to do is to give women for the moment women mm -hmm. Mm -hmm another perspective and another way to live life that goes from struggle to ease and grace and beauty and in actual fact we're surrounded by beauty all the time it's just how we look at it the sunshine the sea the trees the you know there's so much beauty around us definitely it has to do with the value of of being grateful and it's yes. lacking but i also am compassionate not only towards myself, but with others, because you know, many times we cannot see it. We cannot be grateful when we have to either pay the bills or, you know, have that problem in our business or in our relationships. So, you know, it's uh, I had a, a <laughs> an interesting moment yesterday in the shower uh, where yeah, I got an encounter. <laughs> no, just just uh, I don't want to take much of your time, but uh, no, uh, no. <laughs> It's actually funny because you know I, I got an encounter with with a fly you know in my in my bathroom and I was like fly in the, in the shower in, in the bathroom or no in the bathroom I, I got out of the shower and so how could a, a fly get in you know there is no no windows and it's like a, you know it's a small apartment and you know an in, inside kind of bathroom but anyway I, I you know my first thought of uh, you know cleanliness was like you know don't get close because I just got a shower I don't want to get dirty or something similar. But then I said, you know, is this my thoughts against the fly or towards the fly? What if the fly, and that, that's when I stroked me, what if the fly was the last being on earth alive except me? I would feel amazingly grateful to have a fly come buzz on my ear or even a mosquito wanting to bite me and suck my blood because there is a sense of gratitude. Okay, there is another alive being. Okay, of course, this is a, a small anecdote and um, my point is, you know, the, even in a fly buzzing around you, you can find gratefulness uh, and right. gratitude and gratitude. So I believe that every, every experience we have is an actual gift, even if it comes down to abuse or really heavy things that we go through, even things like anxiety. You know, Pat, what do those experiences do for us? They put us on a trajectory to find healing to find solutions and those solutions and that healing is the gift and it makes us into the people that we are today for which we can only be grateful you know so absolutely everything i think is a gift this is why i also love coaching uh, in, in a broader sense even because um as a coach you are able to actually look at the past acknowledge the past Take the lessons from the past and move on to the future because we cannot i mean we can't it's, it's a bit of a strong word but um, we can sort of uh, putting it in the positive way look at the present or the past as tools to actually create the foundations for us to build the life of our dreams and uh, i'm totally into dreams you know it sounds like cliche and many times sort of uh, airy fairy but i really do believe that we can create our dreams and if it's not that case, then we will never be 
the greatest gift that we can be to the world and to everyone that lives in the world. Well, actually, I believe, and I don't think I'm the only one, that our only limit is our own imagination. If we didn't have imagination, how would we fly a plane or sail a ship or travel to the stars? That all comes from imagination. Our dreams are the only limits we have and they're unlimited. So absolutely, I agree. And, and it's wonderful that you work with women in terms of belief systems, for instance, because that's for me the reason number one why people do not go further. It's because they believe, like you say, you know, the, the, there is so much um, information gathered in, in childhood that it's like, you know, stuck in the amygdala and doesn't let the other parts of the brain to actually work in order to, to help you achieve what you want to achieve. So breaking those... Sorry. sorry, sorry. So what happens is, you know, because that happens in childhood, then we choose the negative, we choose experiences, negative experiences, even though every negative has a silver lining, a positive, we choose negative experiences to affirm those beliefs. Exactly. So we exactly. keep affirming them, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So one of the tools that I actually used a lot when I, you know, started when I was 25 and I went to India for one year and I stayed there and I completely fell in love with not only uh, like Ayurvedic massage, but uh, uh, a lot of different types of meditation. So how do you, how do you uh, integrate like spirituality and spiritual growth into your work? Okay. Well, for instance, with these events, they are both practical, giving women practical tools and spiritual. So in actual fact, even though we have modalities like NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, um, a lot of the, the qualities and what I do with mentoring is actually uh, put spiritual values to practice mm -hmm. in the mentoring that I do. So that's how I incorporate uh, the way that the program is designed, the spiritual with the practical. And in actual fact, it's not the first time I, I also did that with my book, The Truth About Acting. Mm -hmm. You know, being a, a professional actor, I published mm -hmm. a, book, a book about acting. And in that book, it's merging spirituality with acting because in actual fact, everything comes down to that. It comes down to spiritual values and qualities. And that is what is going to save our world, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. But you know, the other thing too is that I'm doing with these particular events, the Areti Goddess events, is incorporating, incorporating entertainment because we also forget to have fun. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and you know, we all get bogged down by responsibility and obligation. We forget to have fun and it's to connect so with our child. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I. I learned a lot of things, for instance, in India, and uh, one of them is the celebration part, you know, that uh, many times is forgotten. And uh, with music, with, uh, you know, live, uh, playing live instruments, and basically being with other people in that kind of energy rather than being in a disco. I'm not speaking about those kind of sort of parties, but I'm speaking about real celebration. And uh, it doesn't have to even include alcohol or any sort of drugs, you know, the simple sheer delight of sharing moments with, with other people and uh, involving with dancing and moving 
and music. I mean, it's it's a perfect combination. I, totally I call totally that agree. magic. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Magic. That's <laughs> I can, magic. I can see it in your eyes. That that's sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> that sparkling energy coming out of your. your and magic is everywhere, actually. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I think the the most important thing, and, and I'm sure you 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 are able to do that. I can feel it that you can that you are able to do that in your events. Is to actually bring people to the belief and to a decision inside that they say, you know, okay, I'm really going to go for celebration for uh, you know setting myself for success, success, and uh, being really happy. You know, people don't yeah. believe that sometimes they actually deserve being happy. It's also a very big limiting belief system, very strong, yeah, very deep rooted. Mm. And happiness is actually a choice. That's that's exactly what I believe. So you know, you and and you you cannot expect uh, happiness to knock at your door one day and say, "Look, here I am. I'm here forever now. I'm yours, truly yours." I think that a lot of us suffer from destination addiction. I'll be happy when this happens. Oh, I'll be happy if I have that. I'll be happy if I do that. As long as we have that destination addiction, we will never be happy. Mm -hmm. We have to be happy with what we have and what we are right now. And and uh, you know what, what what I mean when I speak about dreams. What I actually mean is actually creating a life, not that you feel proud of or or that you feel successful about, but actually that you feel happy about. That brings excitement every day. And I can tell you, I've been living like this especially on the last months, because I started really putting into practice what I absolutely love. And that shines through, you know, it's, it's like, I can see what, where you're coming from, because, you know, the, the, the practice is what creates the reality, you know, the execution, the, the, yeah. the you know, hands-on, hands in the mud, yeah. and, uh, and making it Well, happen. it's no wonder that we have connected at this particular moment then. Definitely, definitely. It's, because it's I started this, this year as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's totally fresh and, and uh, bubbling with, with sparkling energy. Yeah. With magical energy. Amazing. So that's the reason we've connected. There's always a reason, isn't there? So you play to... Sorry. sorry. Mm -hmm. Go what ahead. I was going to say mm -hmm. on what you were talking about is I think we try to solve problems with what we know and what we have and it's not until we come to a place where we can honestly scream from the rooftops i've had enough and realize that there may be a different way that we make that decision to make a change you know Do you, you find mentioned not only, but uh, uh, you, you already spoke two times about what Einstein said, which is uh, 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 your imagination is not, is, is not even the limit, so speaking. You, know, you can go beyond your imagination. But the other thing is you cannot uh, change reality with what you learned from the past and, uh, and took it as your reality, so speaking. Uh, I'm not rephrasing Einstein correctly, but uh, you know, you cannot change uh, the the present with the tools that you learned from the past that didn't work, so speaking. And that comes with with different uh, limiting belief systems. And yeah. like your work, like my work, like work with 
mentors and spiritual teachers, what they do is that they actually show you to the face in a gentle and kind way that uh, you have belief systems which are very limiting. You are not yeah. going out of your comfort zone. You're not setting yourself for success. And so once I started realizing this, look, I'm, I'm having meetings every day with people not only like you, but mentors, life coaches, and the sort of gurus that, you know, I'm learning every minute of the day with. And I'm stretching my, my mind, my imagination, my comfort zone to really go forward and, uh, and yeah. put myself in the danger zone so that yes. I actually can either be very successful or be very unsuccessful. But at least I'm doing it. And I'm, and I'm yeah. saying, you know, whatever mentality I used in the past, is that it, it didn't work. Well, there That's are the three, three things that I want to say about what you've been talking about. One is, we don't know what we don't know. That's one. The second thing is, when we, when we train in sport, when we go into business, in several areas, we need, we actually employ coaches. We need coaches. So why wouldn't we need coaches when it comes to our own personal, spiritual, um, professional growth? We do need coaches. Definitely. The third thing that I wanted to mention is when you keep doing the same things, expecting different results, do you know what the definition to that is? No. When you keep doing the same things with what you know, expecting different results, the definition is insanity. Mm -hmm. That is the definition, the actual definition of insanity. Doing the same thing, expecting different results. Exactly. It's like pressing the key on the computer, the same key, and asking it to do different things. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it, it won't happen. <laughs> no, but uh, you know I think sometimes people have to dismystify the word also coach because you know coach is just another way of saying teacher but actually it's not, a, it's not a different way to say therapist so it's not it's not like we're trying to to make uh, or uh, in, or uh, create a space of therapy we, we are just trying to you know share the message and share our knowledge I, I often think about uh, either you are a Mozart and even Mozart had, had teachers in the beginning. Either you have Mozart, either you are a Mozart, or you will always need someone to teach you how to play the piano. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, the, the, one of the main things of insanity is actually the ego. Because yeah. the ego is the first one that says, if I cannot do it by myself, then I'm not able to do it in the long run. I'm not uh, confident, I'm, I, I don't think I can manage. You know, all these kind of belief systems come up and and just block you. Yeah. And so the ego, the ego is a big killer. I think. Yeah. The ego is uh, our biggest enemy. <laughs> yes. And, but but it can be our biggest friend, biggest ally. And a I healthy. Also believe yeah. it. You know, once you yeah. start, you know, like uh, I, I love neuroscience, and uh, many of the the neurosciences that I heard. Once you Me start, too. That, that I heard speaking about what I'm going to say. Once you start thinking differently, thinking about new possibilities, just, you know, from saying the ego is the killer to say the ego is the best ally, there's a chemical reaction that happens in the brain. Yeah, you're you quite know? right, actually. You're quite so, right for that, yeah.
And sometimes only to neuroplasticity. Is that what yes. you're talking about? Yeah. Not not only, but the chemical reactions that happen in the brain throughout the rush of different hormones because of your thoughts. You know, and because of your state. You know, mental yeah, state, really physical do. state. I have to correct myself here because we really do have to be careful with what we say. <laughs> It's so yes. true. Yes, It's definitely. So true. Definitely. But you know, what happens many times is that everything is unconscious. Yeah. All the, all the limiting belief systems. And, and this is another thing that, for instance, uh, teachers or spiritual teachers or mentors are so able to pinpoint and tell you on the face, look, you are doing this to yourself. Can you realize yeah. it? And many times it takes, I don't know, maybe years to realize. And that's the thing too, is like people can go to therapy and get it cognitively, intellectually. But what happens on a cellular and energetic level can still keep running those same old patterns. So a lot of it is unconscious. Absolutely. So in, in a practical sense, I'm curious to know uh, which kind of sort of spiritual tools uh, do you use in your events and in, with, with the people that you work with? Uh, would you like to share that with our listeners? Yeah, of course. So basically, um, all of the events have a, com a component of meditation Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I advocate yoga because yoga is oh. so healing on so many, uh, in so many ways. Like it releases cellular trauma. It is good for anxiety because it promotes breathing. It heals organs. It, it makes the body stronger. Um, and then other, you know, um, spiritual values like, for instance, practicing non-judgment. Even if we can start by practicing non-judgment for half an hour in a day, sitting in silence and listening to ourselves and getting to know ourselves, uh, practicing compassion and kindness, um, being grateful, you know, gratitude, all those spiritual values in different ways. Like in relationship, you know, I, I think... Um, My biggest, uh, probably in all, in all my learning and experience, I think uh, Don Miguel Ruiz um, says it the best with the four agreements. And these are agreements we make with ourselves. And they are the impeccable word, never speaking badly about yourself or someone else. Don't take things personally because it's, you know, as long as we're accountable and responsible, Other people's stories are not about us. Definitely. Don't make assumptions, which is about effective communication, is finding out the facts before we jump to conclusions and doing our best. We can only do our best at any given time. You know, I think they're fantastic. So I advocate those as well. You know, um, what I've done is uh, in my journey, I've, I've just chosen the best teachings along the way, and I bring them into the events. Wonderful. And uh, I, I, I'm a true advocate of uh, you know, communication and uh, self-communication, uh, which brings in the end self-awareness. And so uh, I'm sure you speak about this, but I would like to just have your input about uh, what, I, what is the top tool that you can share with us uh, so that people can uh, address anxiety and um, and stress basically 
Okay, well, mm -hmm. the biggest tool that I can recommend for anxiety is breathing. So anything that promotes your breathing, because when you breathe, a lot of us are chest breathers and that's anxiety, right? But if well, breathing correctly is breathing into the stomach, the diaphragm. If we breathe deeply and slowly in and out, it has several benefits. Breathing correctly will stop us thinking. Breathing correctly promotes good health. Breathing correctly connects us to our source, our source of inspiration, our guidance. Breathing correctly, with anxiety, a lot of it is negative uh, thinking. So basically anything that promotes breathing, like yoga, anything that increases your heart rate and promotes breathing, that is the biggest tool I have to share for anxiety. And in actual fact, um, I have an article published in two magazines on tips to overcome anxiety, and I'm happy to share that. Um, if people, um, how can they get in touch with me? On, uh, well, you are everywhere, so it's not very On difficult. Facebook or, you know, if you contact me, I'm happy to send you that article. Mm -hmm. um, so that's on anxiety. That's my biggest tip. Yeah. Okay, I think many, many times people are not aware because I'm, I'm fascinated not only with neuroscience but with the whole functioning of the body in a holistic way. And many people are not aware, you know, that stress and anxiety releases two very, very, in, in very high level hormones in the body <clears throat> created in the adrenal glands, which are called adrenaline and cortisol. <clears throat> and breathing is actually one of the, the main tools that you can use, it's either that and sleeping to lower those two hormones in the body and uh, and once they are balanced there's a, a natural <coughs> sorry a natural yeah. uh, harmony inside the body yeah and i speak a, a, that uh, about this a lot in what i call the four foundations of uh, holistic health uh, which are for me the four pillars to anything you know when i start working with someone i always ask how are you with these four aspects of your life and I, I can share that with you, you know, it's... Um, yes, I'd love that. It's, it's for me, you know, if you, if you want a successful life in your business, in your relationships, in your health, in your mental health, in your physical health, if you don't have these four elements in balance, then you are, you are set up for failure. And, and I'm sorry to put it in this way because, you know, it's, it's vital. You know, the, the first one is actually um, a balanced diet. And I'm a, a true advocate of vegetarianism and uh, plant-based uh, diet, which I've been practicing for 20 years. Uh, and and it it's, has been so transforming. Uh, it started for spiritual reasons, actually, not because I, I only love animals, but more for spiritual reasons. Um, the second one is uh, exercise. You know, it's, it's so vital with breathing uh, to bring enough oxygen to the body, uh, to bring enough uh, vital energy that allows the body to function in this optimal way. And, and you know, what is the main food for the most and biggest um, muscle in our body? Is oxygen, which is yeah. the brain, you know? The brain oxygen feeds in oxygen. actually cures all disease as well. Exactly, exactly. And then the third one is actually sleep, having, having a good night's rest. It's vital and there's several tips that I give uh, in several of the online workshops that I have. I have several online workshops. And uh, you know, anytime I speak to to a client, I you know, 
how, do you, how many hours do you sleep, by the way? How, well, actually, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? On Saturdays and Sundays. You know? So there's a pattern. You know, the, the, the brain is a muscle. And as any muscle, needs to be trained. And if it's not trained in the right way, it won't uh, uh, execute in the best way. So the brain needs a schedule, needs a structure. And so this, yeah. is, this is what you can do. And the fourth one is uh, your water intake. What's that? Water intake. So water, water. Can, yeah. So it's not fluids even. It's how much water do you drink per day? How do you keep your body hydrated? And uh, how many liters do you actually drink? Because uh, I had, I had uh, twice kidney stone problems. And, uh, you know, from, uh, at a young age, you know, I, you know it's, it's genetic, I guess. Uh, and so um, I worked with urologists and they told me, you know, it's not about how many fluids or the quantity of fluids you drink per day. People say, oh, I drink my coffees and my teas and all together I drink maybe like a liter or, or a bit more. But it's not about that, it's actually drinking water. And I, I once saw a scientist from Russia and he said the best water is actually tap water, but with a big twist. But with a big twist, used uh, with a filter. So they actually, the, the filter that I use is actually from Greece. And, uh, it? and it's a ceramic filter. And basically, it removes not only several bacteria, viruses, you know, whatever you find in the water, but it reduces uh, other things like chlorine and... Uh, uh, no. Fluoride. Fluoride as well. Um, and, uh, you know, many other things. And so yeah. they say, you know, tap water is the best using a filter because if you if you think about it uh, bottled water is water that stays in the bottles for many years if it's plastic plastic re releases fumes plastic is it's very 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 good for your health so you know the best one is actually tap water or bottled water uh, with um, glass bottle bottles so yeah having these four things in mind always is, is a mess for me and uh, if, you, if people say, oh, I feel tired, or I cannot focus, or I lack motivation, how is these four things? Put them into practice first, and then see what happens. I have an invitation for you. Really? Wow. Yeah. Am I going to Australia? Our, <laughs> our next event okay. is Super Health. Oh, really? And I would love to have you streaming and mm -hmm. sharing your four pillars of health. Oh my goodness, our next that event. would be a pleasure. That would be an amazing would you like that? pleasure. But is it okay for a man to do that? Of course. Will, will, will women the girls listen? will love yeah. you. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, I, I accept the invitation. Let me, I'll share something with you. Okay. One of the reasons that I am so focused on health is that many years ago, I collapsed my whole all of my organs shut down and I collapsed and I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, which I have been working towards alleviating ever since. So things like sleep, diet, water, all of those, like that is why I'm so passionate about health because I actually, I did too much and I collapsed. So I completely relate to what you're saying. You know, um, at the age of, of uh, 22, I became a, a tennis coach. You know, uh, uh, I went to the Tennis Coach Federation. I was a tennis player for many years and I really wanted to, to start teaching. <clears throat> and basically, a big thing happened to my life, which was 
from from a aesthetic point of view, I understood that if the body is not in ultimate alignment with your absolute strength and power in terms of muscles and brain and hormones, then you will never be able to do anything else in life. And uh, you know, if you if you think about you know the big leaders of the world, they always have, in a way or another, a very balanced lifestyle in terms of exercise, in terms of uh, uh, eating, in terms of sleeping. And you know why? Because they have coaches that sort of force them to do it. You know, they, and, they they, and, and they don't the have any choice. Level unless you are at optimum health. Exactly. Yeah. So you can have, or you can envision, or you can dream about having an amazing lifestyle. You have an amazing, uh, I don't know what people nowadays, because I'm not so materialistic in that sense, but you know, a, a car and a house and you know, dream holidays and, and have amazing relationships and having an amazing business if you don't have an amazing health. And people think about the body in terms of physical body, and it's true, but the mental body, the emotional body, the emotional IQ, it's all related to the brain. And this is why neuroscience for me is so fascinating because once you start tapping in to the hormones that are vital for the brain, such as dopamine, melatonin, which is only created, by the way, uh, or mostly uh, when we need sleep, during your sleep. Yeah, sleep. Yeah. Or serotonin, which creates uh, melatonin as well. <clears throat> yeah. And how to, to balance those hormones. <clears throat> I don't know what's happening with my post today, sorry. And if you are not able to, to monitor uh, the, the influx of hormones uh, in your brain, then you get chronic fatigue or you get overwhelmed. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been stressed out for the last six years until I decided to make a change. And so uh, I really believe that without good health, you know, you're, you're set to... And actually, you know, what you were saying about diet, the gut is the brain gut and brain connection but you know the i actually it happened to me when i was working on my global humanitarian project um because what happened was i had a vision that was uh, to end poverty and suffering in the world and i then the idea started downloading i wasn't sleeping at night i got a group of volunteers together i was working with the united nations because my vision was synonymous to the United UNMP. So I was working, um, you know, for bread and butter. I was working as an actor. I had a group of volunteers working on the project and I wasn't sleeping at night because I kept, like a radio, I kept getting all these ideas and on the, on the internet to the UN in the middle of the night in New York, because I'm in Australia. So in effect, I didn't get a good night's sleep for a year and then I collapsed. That's what happened. I actually went to an energetic healer at the time and didn't say anything. And she said, I don't know what you're doing, but you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. That's what she said to me. Yes. And I can tell you there's a, a very big misconception about uh, the night owls being uh, tremendously high on EQ and IQ and being the, the leaders of the world. You know, there's this uh, belief that, you know, High successful people don't need to sleep much and they are always uh, you know on the go and this and that there's two things that I, that I like to say about that because you know people believe that this is actually true it can be true because it releases a lot of different hormones 
that actually makes you totally fired up. And there's also like beverages like coffee and, you know, uh, taurine and other chemicals that can actually boost. Adrenaline. It's adrenaline. Exactly. But I heard many scientists say the opposite, which is what I advocate. Without good sleep, you are set for failure and disease. Because when people keep running on adrenaline, which is what I did, you, then you get what is called adrenaline fatigue. Exactly. That's exactly. what happens. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, your, your adrenal glands are totally overwhelmed. And, uh, and then you have back pain also, you have problems with your spine and uh, a, lot of, a lot of different issues, definitely. So um, here you are in the path to rescue relationships. And, uh, oh, well, actually, uh, relationship was the last event in the series of nine. Wow. And, you know, the girls thought it was about intimate relationships, but actually every relationship is based on the self. And then we go out to the world. So what is your question? So my question is, how do you actually rescue your relationship, say, towards yourself and towards others? Is it even a concept that it's uh, um, worthwhile considering the, the rescuing part, sort of speaking? Or is it about being self-aware and taking a decision on how to deal with that relationship? I, I'm telling this because, you know, many times we are into, sort of karmically speaking, uh, engaged with people which are sort of negative toward, towards, towards our lives, but we can break out of the relationship. So is it, is it a matter of rescuing the relationship, meaning healing the relationship with that person, for instance, or basically being clear that separation is the best? Okay. Firstly, um, I published a, an article in two magazines um, and I may have called it rescue, relationship rescue. However, my current article is tips to transform relationships mm -hmm. and your you're actually uh, speaking specifically about intimate relationships and what I will say on that is that it, every relationship begins with the self and I'm going to share a concept that is quite difficult, a quite a big concept to I guess perhaps understand mm -hmm. and that is that every relationship is a mirror Definitely. So at any given point in our life, what we do is according to where we are as a person and the way to have a good relationship with ourselves is to boost our self-worth. But where we are as a person is what we actually have in front of us, not only in intimate relationships, but the whole world. Like, but let's talk about intimate relationships. So say, for instance, we're in a toxic relationship and you can say, well, I'm not like this, but my partner is abusive or my partner is, I don't know, uh, an addict or toxic, whatever. We can say that. But in actual fact, we're in that relationship too. So when we're in a relationship with someone who is say abusive and we're not abusive we're doing two things one we are enabling that person by being there but two we're looking at a mirror of qualities in that person that we ourselves embody 
but we do not accept, we don't like them. So how do you transform that is the big question. Okay, I think that um, there, are, there are levels, you know, like if someone is actually hurting you, hurting you, mm -hmm. then it becomes a case of survival. You have to leave. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, many people, I'll say women because I'm a woman, Definitely. many women, um, what happens in that abuse cycle is that the man will abuse them, but then put the blame on them. So their self-worth is so low that they find it difficult to leave and they start believing it's their fault. Exactly. Okay, so it isn't it isn't that easy, but I think that in a situation that it, where a person is in danger, they have to you have to leave. What can you do? But in another situation where um, there is like, you know, if if a person is healthy enough in their self worth that they can look at the other person, well, firstly, actually. I don't think if a person is very healthy in their self-worth, they would be with that mirror. But say, for instance, there is still an aspect and you are with that sort of mirror that's giving you um, abuse in some way, whether it's, you know, emotional, mental abuse, whatever. I think that the best way to transform that is, and the only way that I know is by example. Because we can't change people, we can't ask them to be something they're not. All we can do is put up a good example, a loving, heart-centered good example. And then it's up to them to make a choice. And in most cases, people tend to be inspired by example. And if they're not, then it comes down to a choice of whether to stay or leave. At the end of the day, love is acceptance. So relationships, in my humble opinion, only ever break down when it comes to something that we can't accept, absolutely cannot accept. No. Um, answer your question? Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, many times um, I don't believe in therapy, many times because of the amount of time that it takes to look at something so clear and simple, uh, at least for me, which is when, when there is abuse, there is the energy of abuse, however it comes from, either from the person that takes it or gives it, but the energy is there between two people. And so once you are aware of that, when, once it's conscious, then it's just a matter of decision. Do I want to stay in this energy or do I want to move? What happens in relationship is many times there is so many other different kind of aspects that either consciously or unconsciously leave us in that space. And many times it's about love. You know, people love each other. You know, I had, this is a very, very extreme and whatever example, but I had a very specific um, relationship with my father. But there was love. I mean, it was the, the, the foundation of the relationship. But the practice was totally different. And so in a relationship, people, you know, I believe that the person that abuses and the person that is abused, they love each other. But there's so many other things that are coming into the space of love that totally disrupts. And I believe that that's what makes things so difficult because people want to live, but they love. People want to be aware 
but they want to actually close their eyes because of love. They don't want to yeah. see the abuse. They don't want to to say, especially parents, you know, oh, I'm in an abusive relationship, but I want to stay because I love the person. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's the thing about love is love is pure and good and anything else is a lie. And this friend of mine once said to me, you know, that when two people go into a relationship, a really great thing to do is do your own work on your own stuff and then don't bring it into the relationship because the relationship has its own life. So my idea of uh, a really great relationship is one where obviously we're all made up of light and shadow. We all have that within us, but it is one where we, the main focus is to work as a team and never, and think the best of each other and encourage each other and support each other to be the best that we can. And I think that people ultimately get together in relationships to heal something. Definitely. And then they, you know, uh, might move on after that. But that's my, that's my idea of an enchanted, healthy relationship. Because a healthy relationship is not abusive. Exactly. And a healthy relationship always starts with yourself. And uh, for me, that's, you know, the self-awareness and, uh, you know, I believe in karma and I believe that there is a lot of forces that are beyond us, especially on the unconscious realms. But it's, it's uh, when it comes conscious, it's, it's really about us taking that step to decide, you know, today things are going to change and to make that decision. And it's also making mm -hmm. conscious, um, a conscious effort to, for instance, to be kind you know, or perhaps when we get angry to take a few deep breaths and perhaps not respond in the moment, but go away and come back when we're calm, you know, things like that, that you can actually put into practice, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, I once learned from, from a, <clears throat> a mystic from India, the three steps to deal with any emotion and, uh, you know, I can just share with you very quickly, if you don't mind, because uh, they, they are so they are so practical, and, and uh, you know, for our listeners and maybe for uh, the wonderful people that you work with, uh, you know, the, the first stage is always the unconscious, meaning you go into the emotion. Let's let's put it in a practical example: anger. You go into anger, you don't even recognize it, and you leave without recognizing that that happened, and you think you're totally normal, and things just happen because they needed to happen. The second stage is when you go into the emotion, but you recognize, you catch yourself when you are uh, expressing the emotion and you are able to stop it. The third step is when you, or the third, third stage is when you, before going into the emotion, say before going into anger, you recognize, oh, I'm going into anger. I remove myself and I come with a conscious um, relationship to the emotion and express myself in a clear and um, uh, kind way so I, I, I truly believe it has a lot to do with mindfulness doesn't it definitely definitely and, and the, the definitely <laughs> I was going to say something else which is not totally related but definitely you know the, the sense of attachment I, I wrote a blog a few days ago that I posted about attachment and uh, you know it's it's so you know mindfulness is, is in everything that we do or can be if, if we come from a conscious space 
Yeah, attachment's another big one, isn't it? <laughs> we could talk for hours. <laughs> we could, we could. I'm not sure when to, when to stop, really. Uh, I don't know about your commitments, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, you it's just, okay, just yeah. uh, you know, it flows and it flies. Well, uh, but maybe we can we can just uh, come to a closure. And uh, you know, I really am, am very surprised to to have met you and, and to have learned so many things. I mean, I, I do basically this podcast in a bit of a selfish way because I want to learn more and more about uh, how to achieve uh, other things that I believe people are experts in. And so I, it was really amazing to to speak to you. And um, you know, to to our listeners. Um, from Australia, coming directly here to, to the podcast. One, one last tips that you would like to leave yes. so, that, so that people can stay ahead of time and can uh, put into practice their imagination and their dreams. This is the biggest tip that I'm going to share with you right now. Ooh, sounds exciting. That the only thing we can control is ourselves. We cannot control people, places, or things. And what other people think of us is none of our business. That is my tip. I don't know what to say because it's so true and there is nothing else to add. It's totally <laughs> perfect. <laughs> We've finished in perfection. Yeah. We have. <laughs> Tula. Thank you so much for uh, uh, joining the, the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing the Areti uh, Goddess events and uh, bringing such an amazing work to the world and uh, all the biggest success for you, not only in Australia, but worldwide with uh, your clients, with your pupils and with everyone that you work with and touch. Thank you so much for your beautiful energy. Thank you, and thank you for the gift that you're bringing to the world. Namaste. Thank you so much. Namaste. This was another episode of Making It Happen with Wahido Marata. Please let us know what uh, was the biggest teaching from Tula Tsoras that uh, you heard in this podcast. Uh, shoot us a message and uh, keep in touch. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.